In the name of Jesus, Amen. There's an expression that says, Where the head goes, the body must follow. So if the head receives a crown of glory, it should follow that the body is clothed in royal robes. Or if the head is in the photo of a mugshot, it should follow that the body is clothed in prisoner's scrubs. If a head decides to go to this or that place, the body must follow. Now many of you know that one of the names of the church that the church is given in the New Testament is this, the body of Christ. And one of the names given to Jesus is this, the head of the church. Now you might be wondering, what is all this talk of head and bodies? This is not anatomy class. Well, to understand today's gospel, I think we need to recognize just how closely united we are with Jesus. Romans 6, starts, starting at verse 3, reads this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We were buried with him therefore into or we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised by the glory of the Father we too might walk in newness of life. For if we were united with him in a death like his we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like His. Did you hear that key word about our baptism? United. In baptism, you were united with Jesus. We died to our sin. We rose to new life. We were united with Him. We remain united with Him. Ephesians 5 describes this union with Jesus as that as the union between a husband and wife. Hear what he says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh and Paul finishes up his whole talk and he says this mystery and he's talking about marriage This mystery is profound. And I am saying 
that it refers to Christ and the church. You see, through the washing of water with the word, that is our baptism, we become the two, Jesus and us, we become one with Jesus. We are his body. Now, why does that matter? Well, in today's text, we see Jesus talking about something that's very scary. Our reading says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests, and he must be killed, and on the third day be raised. Now imagine that you were Jesus' disciple, disciples. You were listening to all that he was describing, all that he said he was going to go through. Would this be exciting? No. It would scare them to death. If Jesus died, what's going to happen to the disciples? If we are the church... Does Jesus' death mean our death? Plus, remember, the disciples knew that Jesus was God in the flesh. Where would they be if God died? Now, I know Jesus said that on the third day he would rise. But if I'm the disciples, that death, that death part is not something I'm just skimming over or fast-forwarding through. Besides, they had never seen anybody raise himself from the dead. They've seen Jesus raise other people, but they've never seen anyone raise themselves from the dead. And they were so closely united to Jesus that his death meant their death. That's scary. And that is not something that they wanted Jesus to talk about. So, Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. In other words, I'm going to protect you. Stop talking like this. Peter didn't want Jesus to suffer He didn't want Jesus to die. Peter loved Jesus. And Peter loved himself too. As a member of Jesus' body, he didn't want to suffer. And he didn't want to die. He was a lot like you and me. We avoid suffering at all costs. Think about it. I can just give some personal examples. I do not want people to hate me. I know I'm weird that way. (laughs) I want, personally, I want God to bless me. I want to be financially secure. And I don't want God to allow any bad things to happen to me. The truth is, like Peter... I've prayed that God would stop my suffering. I ask God to protect me from suffering. 
I don't ask God to take me through it. Now, I'm a lot less holy than all of you, so... (laughs) But personally, this is how I feel about suffering. Jesus responded to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but you are setting your mind on the things of man. Ouch. It's harsh, but it's true. Peter was trying to get Jesus from doing what love would do. This is love, that one would lay his life down for his friends. Love is sacrificial, and love is what God does. Love caused Jesus to pay for our sin. And that meant his death. Man, on the other hand, is all about preserving himself and avoiding suffering. When things get tough in marriage, I hear things like this. I just don't feel that I'm in love with her anymore. In other words, man walks with others as long as it benefits man. God, however, is faithful and does what love would do even if it means death. God's actions are for the good of others even if it means sacrifice. Love sacrifices. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone, and any one of you, would come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? When Jesus talks to his disciples here, he lets them know that not only does he lay down his life for them, for us, But as his body, they and we are to lay down our lives for others. We don't try to save our lives. We lose our lives for Jesus' sake. Which means that we lay down our lives for our neighbor's sake. We do not seek to gain the whole world, but rather we seek to know Jesus and to be a part of what he is doing. And what is Jesus doing? He is loving that person that sits right next to you. He wants you to do the best for them. He died to save your enemy. He wants you to love your enemy. Remember, we were all enemies of God before Jesus washed away our sin and made us God's children. Now you might be saying, well, I can't be perfect. I'm not Jesus. You're right in some ways. But here's what being united with Jesus looks like. Our catechism asks this, what does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us 
our sin, should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sin and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to walk before God in righteousness and purity forever. Walking with Jesus, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It means that when you come across something in your life that isn't sacrificial, that's totally selfish, you confess it. You say, Jesus, this is not a part of you. Take this to your cross. Forgive me. Every day. You see, Jesus who is God's word in the flesh, that's what he was doing with Peter. He didn't want to get rid of Peter. He denounced the sin that was in Peter. He wanted to save him. He wants to replace our sin with his love, love that forgives us and shows itself through us in good works for our neighbor. What do these good works, that daily cross, what does this love look like? Our epistle gives us a clue. If you would go back to your epistle so that you can read with me, uh, not out loud, I'll, I'll read out loud. But I want you to read, read some things. I'm going to fill in a couple of words. So go back to the Romans reading. It says, let love... That's what you do for others. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. That means that we confess our sin and hold fast what is good. God alone is good. When you came here today, you are holding fast to what is good. When you receive Jesus in the, in the sacrament, you're holding fast to what is good. Then as a result of the love and forgiveness that you receive from Jesus, you will love one another with brotherly affection. You will outdo one another in showing honor. Your love will not be self-serving. It will be genuine. You will not be slothful in zeal, but you will be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord you will rejoice in hope and you will be patient in tribulation. You will be constant in prayer. You will contribute to the needs of the saints and you will seek to show hospitality. And you will do the unthinkable. You will bless those who persecute you. You will bless and you will not curse them. You will rejoice with those who rejoice and you will weep with those who weep. You will live in harmony with one another. You will not be prideful. You will associate with the lowly. If you see somebody without friends, you will not avoid them. You will go and sit next to them. You will love them. You will repay no one evil for evil you will give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And whenever possible, as far as it depends on you, 
you will live peaceably with all. And you will not avenge yourselves because you trust your God. (coughs) And to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, you will feed him. If he is thirsty, you will give him something to drink. You will not overcome evil with evil. You will overcome evil with good. You see, what we read here, it does not describe us. No, it convicts us. But the love described in that passage does describe our head. The most important thing that we can do as the body is to abide in the love of God that is shown us in Jesus. We want to stay united with Jesus by continuously receiving Him in His Word and in His sacrament. And then as His body, we will start to live the life of sacrifice, the life of love that our head leads. The disciples, they all ended up abiding in Jesus. They all sinned a lot, just like you and I. But they confessed that sin, and one by one, they did what love would do, laying down their lives. And you know why they did it? Do you realize, if they would not have laid down their lives you would not be here today. You would not be baptized. God's love in Christ would not be known. But they laid down their lives one by one because they did what their head does. And who knows who Jesus, your head, will touch through you as you abide in Him And as a result, you will find yourself laying down your life for your neighbor. And you will willing we will willingly lay down our lives. For we know that death is not the end. No. Our head, Jesus, has passed through death unto life. And where the head goes, thanks be to God the body must follow. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.